Chapter Seven of The Rover Boys in Camp by Arthur Winfield. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Seven: Something About the Military Academy. As my old readers know, Cedarville was only a small country village, so the arrival and departure of the steamer was a matter of importance to the inhabitants. The boys, consequently found the little dock crowded with sightseers and more than one face looked familiar to them there are the rover boys said one man quite loudly everybody knows em we are growing notorious it would seem whispered dick to sam back of the dock stood the big carryall attached to putnam hall with the old hall driver peleg snuggers on the box hello peleg old friend shouted tom waving his hand at the man how are we tomorrow as the clown in the circus puts it i'm all right master tom and will be so long as you let me alone was the deliberate answer from the driver he remembers you all right enough tom came from george granbury now peleg don't throw cold water on my enthusiasm said tom reproachfully i ain't throwing water on nobody master tom i'm only giving fair warning that i want to be let alone answered the driver doggedly no more monkey shines around me remember that all right peleg i'll remember and how is mrs green our worthy housekeeper first rate no whooping cough no nor measles or chickenpox not a bit of em or mumps tell me now she really hasn't got the mumps has she see here master tom didn't i just tell you no you didn't tell me and that's why i'm so anxious to know if she's got the mumps and the chilblains and the ingrowing warts oh crikey i knew it groaned peleg snuggers i says to myself as i was driving over if that tom rover comes back i might as well throw up my job for he won't give nobody a rest if you would only all right peleg i see you are really and truly bound to go back on me you hate me tom drew his handkerchief from his pocket it is awful after all i have tried to do for you in the past i've got to to cry boo-hoo and the boy began to wipe his eyes look a here master tom it ain't nothing to cry about said peleg half suspiciously i only give you a warning you are so so hard-hearted peleg boo-hoo i want to go back home and tom began to sob this was too much for the driver and his face fell don't you mind me master tom he said softly i didn't mean nothing indeed i didn't you're all right i like you better than any of em oh dear burst out larry colby just to hear that peleg have you gone back on us demanded george granbury you ought to have a ducking for that put in another let's dump him into the lake come on a cold bath will do him good no no old cracky groaned the driver of the carryall this is a mess i i didn't mean nothing gents i indeed i didn't he's mean enough for anything that's what he means came from a voice in the rear pile in before he runs away and leaves us to walk to the hall and into the carryall the boys tumbled one over another dick got a seat beside the driver and away they went at a spanking gait through cedarville and then along the winding road leading to the academy 
two or three of the cadets had brought ten horns with them and they made the welkin ring as the turnout dashed on its way a ginger snap prize to the first fellow who spouts the academy cried sam as they made the last turn in the highway i see the hall shouted half a dozen voices in chorus and in a few seconds they came out into full view of the broad brick-and-stone building with its well-kept parade ground and its trees and shrubbery the parade ground came down to the edge of the wagon road and off to the other side of the land sloped gradually down to the lake glistening like a sheet of gold in the rays of the setting sun the boys set up a loud shout and a wild blowing of horns and in a moment a score of cadets came running forward to greet them followed by captain victor putnam the master of the academy and george strong his head assistant i am glad to see you young gentlemen said captain putnam as he shook one and another by the hand you look as if your vacation had done you good it's done me a pile of good said sam but i don't know as i want another like it you rover boys have certainly had some remarkable experiences continued the captain i congratulate you on escaping so many grave perils some time you must give me all the particulars but now it is time to prepare for supper i dare say the trip on the lake has made you hungry dat is so came from hans Mueller. i was so hungry like four lions already i have made some slight changes in your sleeping accommodations went on captain putnam mr strong will show you to your rooms then the boys marched into the academy led by the head assistant the majority of the cadets had their dormitories on the second floor of the building each room held from four to eight students and was both bright and clean the rules of putnam hall were similar to those in force at west point and every pupil was expected to keep his clothing his books and his other possessions in perfect order each had a cot a chair and a clothes closet to himself extra closets having been introduced in the rooms for that purpose and each was allowed the use of his trunk in addition each cadet had to take his turn at keeping the room in order although the dormitories were given a regular sweeping and cleaning once a week by the servants as before the rover boys were placed in one room and into this came also larry colby fred garrison and george granbury the apartment was at an angle of the building and next to it was another occupied by songbird powell tubbs hans and three other cadets between the two rooms was a door but this was closed and was supposed to be kept locked this makes one feel like home said sam as he began to wash up for supper right you are answered larry colby no matter where i go during a vacation i am always glad to get back to putnam hall a little later came the evening parade of the cadets who marched around the parade ground several times before entering the mess room as the dining room was termed the late arrivals did not join in the parade but they watched it with interest and then hurried to their accustomed places at the long tables where a plain but substantial supper awaited them only a little talking was allowed throughout the meal but at its conclusion the cadets were given an hour off in which time they could do very much as they pleased in that hour some played games others took walks and not a few drifted over to the gymnasium which stood at one corner of the grounds i'm going over to the gym said dick to larry colby want to go along certainly was the prompt answer i am going in for gymnastics this term dick want to win some of the prizes when we have our contests 
if i can i don't see why you shouldn't larry you seem to be in first-class shape physically i am going to try hard dick they were soon in the building and larry slipped off to the dressing-room to don his gymnasium suit while dick was waiting for his friend to reappear he looked on at the efforts of the other cadets present some were on the rings and bars others were using the parallel bars and horses and still others were at the pulling and lifting machines in one corner two of the boys were boxing while another was hammering a punching bag as hard as he could the boy at the punching bag was a tall big-boned youth named lou flapp he was a newcomer at putnam hall but though he had been there but three weeks he acted as if half of the place already belonged to him at the start he had made a few friends principally on account of the money he had to spend but these were gradually deserting him dick was interested in the work on the punching bag and he walked closer to note what lou flapp was doing clap 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 went flapp's fists on the bag which bounced back and forth with great rapidity well how do you like that asked lou flapp as he paused in his exercise and stared at dick it's all right answered dick briefly i'll bet there ain't another cadet here can do as well went on lou flapp boastfully oh that's saying a good deal said dick some of the boys can hit the bag pretty well <clears throat> lou flapp stared at the eldest rover harder than ever perhaps you think you can do it he sneered i didn't say that but your words implied it dick rover can do every bit as well said a cadet who overheard the talk i want to see him do it i didn't come here to punch the bag said dick as calmly as ever i just thought i'd take a look around hm. afraid to try eh oh no i dare you to show what you can do sneered lou flapp very well i'll show you came from dick and he began to take off his coat collar and tie End of chapter seven